Welcome to the Balanced Babes podcast. I'm Kim Perez. I'm Amanda Montalvo. And we are functional nutritionists trained in a holistic, integrative approach to health and are founders of the Balanced Babe Method and Facebook group. We are on a mission to help women learn how to nourish their bodies, balance their hormones, and feel good in their skin. Because we've both dealt with our own health struggles, we are passionate about helping women become more in tune with their bodies and eliminate hormonal imbalances naturally through food, lifestyle habits, mindset, and targeted supplements tailored to each woman. We believe in the importance of intention, the power of intuition, and the value of prioritizing self-care. And we're here to empower all women. Before we get started, we want to remind you that we are not your doctor, and the content shared on this podcast is for informational purposes only. Please chat with your doctor before making any changes. it's Kim. Before we dive into today's episode, I just wanted to quickly tell you about a new skincare product that I've been using and loving, Primally Pure's Fancy Face Serum. So I started using oils on my face a few years ago, and it really did help to change the health and the appearance of my skin so much. And I just started with making my own blends, which were usually really simple, and they did the trick for a while. But then I got pregnant and my skin changed so much. And all of a sudden, these oils that were working for me before just didn't work anymore. My skin personally got really dry and bumpy, and I found that no matter what I put on it, I just couldn't get enough moisture. I also really didn't have the time or the energy to experiment and start making different blends and trying them out. So I decided to try the Fancy Face Serum, and I'm really happy that I did because I'm obsessed with it. First of all, the all-natural ingredients in this serum are so moisturizing. Things like hazelnut, argan, and pumpkin seed oils really help to nourish the skin in such a gentle but really powerful way. And they help with things like scarring, age spots, discoloration, and improving skin elasticity too. I also really love that the serum has a nice copper color, so it actually provides a really, really light natural glow to my face, which is especially perfect right now because I am just at a point where I don't want to wear makeup. And Primally Pure also has two formulations of this serum. They have a regular blend, but they also have a pregnancy one that eliminates certain essential oils. So I can feel 100% confident in using this at this stage of my life. So if you're interested, you can check out the Fancy Face Serum and other blends like their plumping and clarifying serums at primallypure.com. And if you use the code BBP, you'll get 10% off your first order. It's Amanda, and with me today, I have Adina Rubin. Adina is a nutritional therapy consultant, a, me- a medical exercise specialist, and holds a master's degree in art therapy. This unique path solidified her thoughts about how connected the mind and body are, and now she helps women gain strength and energy using real food, properly designed strength training programs, targeted stress management techniques, and lifestyle changes. Her messaging is focused on the importance of auditing our total stress load for optimal health and how to manage it through food, movement, and lifestyle. Adina began unlocking her own optimal physical and mental health when she trained competitively for powerlifting. She feels that all women should learn what it feels like to lift heavy things. And at eight months pregnant, she can still squat a pretty badass amount of weight. So I'm super excited to have you here, Adina. Thanks for being here. Thank you so much. I'm so excited. So today we're going to be talking about training considerations for different stages of life as a woman. So basically, how might your workouts and movement change as you move throughout different phases, like pregnancy, your cycle, menopause, all that kind of stuff. But first, I want to go through a few icebreakers just so people can get to know you better and they're just kind of fun, keep it a little bit more playful. Um, The first one, I think I might know the answer to this. (laughs) What's one thing about you that people might be surprised to know? Ooh, I'm curious what you thought I was going to say. Um, what's, well, okay. So yeah, 
probably how heavy I can lift considering what I look like. Um, I think this is definitely funny, um, like within the whole context of body image and strength training. And we can talk more about that, obviously. But growing up, I had like such skewed perspective on my own body image and thought I was like so large. And then when I competed in powerlifting, everyone was like, huh? Like, you can squat over 220 like you're tiny. Um, so that is definitely super fun, super fun thing about me. I thought you were going to say like how pregnant you are because you oh. can't tell, obviously, because we're on a podcast, so no one would know that. That's true. I guess so. I mean, I thought maybe I'd mention that later, but yeah, I am eight months pregnant <laughs> and pretty excited about it. And still lifting a ton of weight, which is really cool. Um, okay, so if you had one extra hour of free time a day, how would you use it? Oof. Honestly, I this is kind of like dorky, but probably for my business because I am home full time with my two-year-old and she's wacky and she's a blast, but I definitely sometimes feel like I wish I had a little bit more time just to grow and serve my clients. And, you know, I always sacrifice on like back end stuff because obviously serving my clients is the most important thing. So maybe like some time to just organize my website or something. <laughs> like, like just one solid power hour every day yeah, exactly. with no interruptions. So, okay. Last one. So what's something you're looking forward to right now? Ah, uh, my baby. Um, but Let's see. Besides for my baby, which is kind of all consuming, we just moved actually. We moved from, we were living in New York City and we moved to Jersey. So, figuring out what life is like in the suburbs and kind of like the only way <laughs> um, they got me here was a garage gym. So, I just built my squat rack this weekend and want to see what other kind of fun stuff I can get up and running in there before this little nugget comes out. <laughs> That'll be so nice to have. I know I always see in your Instagram stories, like you train at home even before, so, right? No. So that's actually my mom's house. Oh yeah. So I train my mom. My mom is 65 years old. And you know, when we get to menopause, we can talk a little bit about this, but it's kind of like a great little arrangement we have going where I train her for free. <laughs> and then she watches Minnie, my daughter, um, for a little bit after so that I can lift. So that gym I actually set up in her house, <laughs> like probably five years ago or so. That's really cool. Yeah. So that has served me nicely. Have you always lived in the city? So I moved to the city. I grew up in Jersey, but I moved to the city. Um, I went to college in Midtown and then just kind of stayed there. I lived up in Washington Heights for a little bit right when I got married and then moved to the Upper West Side. It was the best, and I'm, like, still not okay, so trying to figure out what my life looks like now. It will probably be easier, though, when you have the baby. So people say that, but, like, I loved being a mom in the city. Like, being a work-from-home mom in the city is the best thing in the whole wide world. Just, like, strap a kid to your chest, get on the subway, walk to Central Park. It just, I don't know, our flow was really good there, and it's certainly an adjustment. I feel like I don't walk. Like everyone in the suburbs just drives everywhere. It's just like, yeah, that's true. It's a huge adjustment. I'm like trying to figure it out, but whatever. It's also been super, super hot. So it's, I probably wouldn't have been walking as much as I am fantasizing that I would have when I was, <laughs> I was still in the city. Very true. Well, I'm sure you guys will adjust and having like the gym and a little bit more of your own space will be like priceless ones, you know? Yeah, it's good. It's it's definitely good. It's just like, you know, an adjustment. Mourning the loss of that sweet, sweet city life. <laughs> okay, so I have a lot of questions for you. We have a lot to cover since we are going to talk about the different phases, you know, of being a woman, all the different things and changes that we go through. But first, I just want to know a little bit more about like where you're coming from. Because I think like, I think people that women that don't strength train or maybe like they want to or they're curious like they assume that women that do have kind of always done it 
right? Mm-hmm. And then it, that it's like comes more naturally to them. So I'd love to know more about your background and like how you got into it and how that's like changed your perspective. Yeah, totally. I think, um, first of all, I think something that's a little bit unique to me, which comes up whenever I talk to people that are kind of in our space, like this holistic health world and specifically like the holistic health and strength world, the people who are in this space that are also focused on strength training. I found that most people got here through CrossFit. um, And I've actually never done CrossFit at any point in my journey. So I think just like my perspective was a little bit different coming in. So basically just like to take it back to the beginning of my fitness journey, I was kind of, I was a little bit of like a bigger child. And then, and that was always kind of something that I, it was my brand when I was little. (laughs) Um, But once I started playing sports and I was super athletic when I was younger, um, I finally started to like lose some of that weight that made me that like chubby kid. And I felt better in that body, but I still always had such skewed body image stuff. And I had a pretty big personality and a big sense of humor. So like I would definitely mask it a lot, but it was definitely something I was uncomfortable with growing up. And then in college, I'll just skip to college, was kind of like a a bit of a rough time for me. I was in a long distance relationship the whole time with my now husband. We were kind of abroad at different times and just back and forth for years. And I was in a small college in the city and I was a studio art major. And so it was just like a lot of late nights in the studio, like super lonely. I didn't really try to get into the community in the school at all. And I found fitness at the time. Um, but the fitness that I found was like these high intensity classes. Um, it was actually at like a Lucille Roberts, which is like super cheesy, but there was one instructor there that kind of like knew what she was talking about in terms of form and things like that, um, which spoke to me. I kind of like, started to connect to it, but I was not healthy by any means. I was like doing two of these classes a day. I thought coffee and a banana was breakfast and would like wager with myself to try to go as long as I could. And, you know, that hunger is a victory type feeling. Um, I was like going to these two a day hit classes on coffee and a banana and looking back on it, I'm like, no wonder I was struggling with my mental health and needed 16 hours of sleep a night. Like, anyways, it was just a lot of that stuff. And also I started hormonal birth control at the time too. So certainly the anxiety and like depressive symptoms, those kind of things crept in really quickly. And nobody around me thought anything was wrong. I didn't think anything was wrong, which is just the craziest part. Like I was quote unquote, the healthy one because I was working out all the time and I, you know, ate brown rice and I baked with whole wheat flour. Like, you know, it was just, it's just so interesting to have the knowledge I have and to look back on that time. And so I majored in studio art with the intention of going to school for art therapy. And I didn't know at the time if I was going to get into school for art therapy. I had like a six month lag time between when I graduated college and when they were accepting for um, graduate school. And so I don't know what compelled me to do this, but I ended up going to school for personal training. I went to like a six month vocational school in Manhattan. It was in Chelsea area. It's called Focus Personal Training Institute. Um, And the curriculum was like wonderful. I kind of, it wasn't that I like really knew so much about fitness. I I think I had this thought of like, I want to keep busy. I need something to do in these six months and maybe it'll be a great side hustle you know, when I grow up, if I knew that I wanted to, in some capacity, be home with children, because I had that model, my mother was home with us, and I just loved it. And I was like, this will be a good side hustle. And I'm like living in a community and want to make some money while I'm home with kids. And I just fell so deeply in love with human movement. And I'd always loved science growing up, but would never want to be a doctor or anything like that. So I was like, I guess there's no option for me, I'll just make art. And so that experience of learning human movement and the way that the curriculum was designed too was like the morning was kind of all of this theory and then the afternoon was practical application out on a gym floor and it was the first time I had ever learned like that I had so much school anxiety 
obviously a lot of it was related to my blood sugar issues, which I realize now, but I, it was the first time I was finally having this experience of like, I learn cool science and then I see people move and it all makes sense. <laughs> and it was just like a really awesome experience. But outside of that, you know, really learning all of this physiology and everything like that, it started to really click for me. And the culture there was so focused on strength. So all the teachers, all the trainers at the time, a lot of people were competing in powerlifting. Um, and I was strong. I had always been strong, but I never realized how strong I was because I was never training for strength. And so suddenly like I could do a pull up and suddenly my squat number started to go up and people around me noticed that there was something there and it was something I was going to be really good at. And so some of my friends who are trainers there were like, yeah, we're all doing this powerlifting competition. You know, you should do it. Why not? And at the time, I think I was like, we were getting ready to graduate. And I was like, by the time I graduate, I want to squat 135. And looking back on it, that was like so funny. Cause it was just like, I just wasn't programming well for myself yet because obviously 135 was going to be really easy for me. And I don't know, it was just super fun. And then the actual experience of competing in powerlifting was like one of the best experiences I've ever had in my life, because I don't know if you've ever been to a powerlifting competition, but it is like in my mind, and I guess this culture kind of is created in CrossFit as well, but like, it's the only sport I've ever participated in where everyone, whoever is on the platform, every single person there wants them to succeed. It's like, I had only ever been a part of these team sports where it was like, half the people there care about one side and half the people there care about the other side. You know, it was just like so unique to me that whoever was on the platform, every single person there was cheering for their strength and cheering for their success. And like that energy stuck with me and was just something that I wanted to chase forever. And I like completely stopped caring about any of that body image stuff. A lot of that anxiety went away and, you know, obviously concurrently a lot of stuff was going on as far as me getting healthier, but just the mindset shift and the energy around that and people not being competitive with me, but cheering for my own success and strength was just something I was like, we've unlocked something here. Like women need to know about this. <laughs> um, so yeah, I kind of just fell head over heels for teaching people how to get strong. I love that you talked about how you went from the hit scene, you know, and doing those like two hit classes a day, which like your poor body and hormones body. <laughs> and adrenal glands, like, oh, I was like, wow, that's really rough, you know? And then and we're going to talk about hit because I loved your Instagram posts. I think it was yesterday. It was really yeah. good. So we'll talk about that. But just to kind of emphasize for some of the women listening, like whether you are like strength training now, or maybe you do a mix, or maybe you're scared to do it. Maybe you're afraid to stop doing cardio and hit and stuff like that. It's like, how was that transition? Like going from the hit classes to strength? Like it sounds really easy when you describe it in the story, but yeah. like, what was it like when you were in it? So it certainly was slower than it sounds in that story. I think I still was doing more, um, circuit style classes, but just like there was more strength involved. So like initially my exposure to this journey was kind of very, um, really low weights, really high repetitions, tons of jumping, high impact, like that type of thing. And then shifted into more of still like circuit style and still pushing too much intensity, but grabbing heavier weights off the rack and lowering the rep ranges slightly. Um, so I started to connect more to that and then shift completely to this more powerlifting style of training where I was really training for strength and, you know, would sprinkle in some conditioning or hit little like short hit circuits here and there, just like either for fun or for general strength and conditioning. Um, but honestly, like it's such a relief when you let yourself train for strength and you're like, oh, I get to lift this thing five times instead of 30 and I get to rest three minutes in between. Like this feels so much better. Um, it's kind of like, I think this is something I like to tell people a lot also where it's like, 
HIIT training, you know, we'll, we can talk more about the physiology and why I don't think it's appropriate for women on a regular basis. But also, as far as like mentally and emotionally, you want your workout to be sustainable at 20 years old and at 60 years old and beyond. And if your workout is leaving you laid out on the floor and that exhaustion is so intense that you dread coming back to it, even if you talk yourself out of it, even if you're like, oh my God, I love that feeling. I love leaving a sweat angel on the floor and you know that like craving that adrenaline and a lot of the adrenaline junkies are also hit junkies. Um, but just like, yeah, you might think you're craving that, but that's not sustainable forever. A program where you feel rested and you feel energized at the end of your workout and you feel energized throughout the rest of your week. Like there's no moment where you're like, I pushed too hard yesterday. I'm done. Um, you know, that's something that you're going to be able to come back to forever. And it's, it's so, it's just a relief, honestly. And it's like so sustainable and wonderful. And I, my clients have that revelation and that experience. So it's really fun to watch that too, where they're like, I'm happy. I'm happy working out. I feel good. And I want to go back to the gym. I think it's hard to do less, especially for women and to feel like, cause we're taught that like, you know, working out and dieting, it's a negative thing. It's like good yeah. for us and we're, we're better people, right? If we do it, we're good people. If we do those things, but it's not supposed to, it's not supposed to be enjoyable. Like you're not supposed to want to go to the gym. You're not supposed to want to eat certain foods. Like it's this, and it's completely backwards. Right. So I, that's why I was like, I just want to like really emphasize this. Cause I understand like I, Kim and I both did CrossFit. That's how we like got into this space. And now we're both like recovered CrossFitters, I like yeah. to say. And it got me really into weightlifting and I'll like always be so in gymnastics and I'll be so grateful for that. Cause it's like, it's so important, but yeah. there is, you know, we get a lot of women where we're trying to, we both have clients that were like, okay, like we know that this is scary and we know that this is something that like you feel freaked out about, like that your body's going to change and stuff or that you're going to, they're like, I, the biggest thing I hear is I'm going to have to eat less food. I'm like, you're probably not eating enough anyway to begin yeah, with. You have to eat so um, much more. <laughs> and so it's like, there's a lot of fears around it. And that's why I was like, this is great to talk about today. I love that you focus so much like, and it, it really is like it's strength training. So let's kind of go through and define like what do you view as strength training and how is that different from like cardio endurance and like hit? Yeah. Um, so basically what strength training is, is the objective is you are trying to lift as heavy a load as your body possibly can. So the object, the objective is focused around, you know, one rep max, five rep max, and not necessarily that in your everyday training, those are things that you're going to be pushing towards, but that is the goal of the progression. So strength training, what it actually is, is like your rep ranges should be somewhere from five reps to eight reps, you know, maybe three to five sets. Uh, you can really get a lot done with three sets. There's no reason to be in the gym doing five, five by fives. Um, you know, so three sets, five reps, and the rest periods are the most important part. You need to rest and recover because you need to come right back and lift that same thing that's at the heaviest load your body can possibly tolerate for five reps or eight reps or whatever it is. Um, so, you know, rest periods looking like anywhere from one minute if you are pressed for time and in that case, the loads are going to be slightly lighter. But if you're really pushing for your maxes in your training days, you're going to be resting five minutes between sets. And that may sound crazy to someone who is still deep in the throes of the CrossFit world or the HIT world. Um, though I don't want to stigmatize CrossFit entirely because I do think they've done some wonderful things as far as popularizing barbell training for women and, um, you know, some boxes are going to have better coaches than others and have better programming than others. Um, but you know, the nature of that competitive environment, it really does lend itself to a lot of people going six days a week and totally burning out their adrenals. Um, but <laughs> back to what I was saying. Um, yeah. So strength training is going to look something like that, where it's focused on lifting the heaviest load that your body can tolerate. And it's going to feature progressive overload in the programming. So meaning if you lifted 120 on Monday, 
you're going to come back on Wednesday after a nice rest day and wonderful nutrition, and you're going to lift 125. And then on Friday, you're going to lift 130. And it's going to keep going like that until you get to a place where the load is too heavy for you to do five times, you know, and then obviously there's nuances in the programming at that point, but you really want to stick to a linear progression where you are adding weight to the bar every single workout. Um, and then, you know, when it gets super heavy, it's maybe every week you can add a little bit or again, like I mentioned, there's some stuff you can do with the periodization at that point. But as opposed to something like endurance training, where the objective is on time, it's how long can I go for? And so, you know, it's rep ranges much higher, anywhere from 12 to 20 or 30 in some of these classes, but, or time-based workouts where it's more going for a certain amount of time, but the loads are going to be much lighter. And the objective is how long can my muscles sustain this movement pattern for? Um, so that can be something like doing a light push press where you're doing 20 of them, or it can be something like jogging because, um, you know, jogging or triathlons, endurance sports are things where you're going for extended time and the loads you're pushing are less because in those cases, it's just body weight. Um, so yeah, that's, that's the basic difference between strength training and endurance training. Um, do you want me to touch on a little bit of like hit or go to hit? And this is like, I think this is so important because people get really confused with hit exercise, not only yeah. what it is, but also like, I get so many women that are like, yeah, I strength train and like, but it's like light weights, yeah. high reps, that kind of thing. So it's like, I'm, I'm glad that you made the strength training very clear. So what is hit? What isn't hit? Like maybe what we kind of yeah. think of it um, and go through that. Hits kind of fall into this like marketing mess where it's like, you got to hit train for your metabolism and nobody is actually doing hit training. So pretty much what a lot of these classes look like that are calling themselves hit training are going to be 45 to 55 minutes long. And they're basically just endurance circuits and it's pushing, you know, lighter loads for these long repetitions with short rest periods or sometimes even no rest periods at all. And some of the movements are super complicated. It's like trying to be really sexy, a lot of Instagrammable uh, workouts, you know, a lot of Instagrammable exercises. And that is so the opposite of the point and it is in many cases, so dangerous. And in my opinion, and in the opinion of science, <laughs> terrible for women. Um, but what HIT is supposed to be, and the original research on HIT was actually this Tabata research. And so it was this Japanese scientist by the name of Tabata, who was studying on, I think it was an aerodyne bike, where people would do these intense aerodyne sprints for 20 seconds and then stand still for 10 seconds and repeat that eight times. So the circuit was four minutes long in total. And it has just gotten so bastardized to the point where now people are doing Tabata classes where it's 55 minutes long of these eight round circuits. But the intention was for this to be four minutes long. And so in order for you to push the intensity that you need to push to get those metabolic benefits and to get those health benefits, the circuits need to be super, super short. So, you know, for my clients, for myself, for anyone who has this added metabolic goal or fat loss goal, or if they're doing it for fun, I only program hit on top of a foundation of good strength you know, good fitness, good movement patterns. And it's really one day a week for four minutes, maybe eight minutes max, you know, um, in order to really get that benefit of pushing at your max intensity and then letting your body rest and recover. And that is where you see those benefits. Um, outside of that, it's really, it ends up looking a lot like the same kind of thing that's happening to your metabolism when you jog for too long. And it's cardio. Like, I'm like, your yeah. hit class is a cardio class, which is fine. And like, I do want to say like, we're not demonizing any type of fitness. Like we think everyone should do the movement that they truly enjoy. But 
Like I've been there and I really think like, I, yeah, I enjoy CrossFit. I will always love it. It completely changed my life. But like, I think like a lot of the times it's like, it's very addicting. Like you mentioned the adrenaline thing. Like we like doing these really hard workouts because of how you feel after. And you're like, Oh, I just got like such good workout in. Whereas it's like, why are you truly doing that type of fitness? Is it because like you feel like you should or you have to in order to look a certain way? Or are you trying to change your body? Stuff like that. And they're not, those aren't bad things. But if you're doing it to look a certain way, I'm like, just give strength training a try because <laughs> it is amazing like what it can do to your body. And like when I, it's so funny because it's like I stopped training like a crazy competitive CrossFitter and I just did like you know, weightlifting mostly. And then like gymnastics, cause it like makes me happy. So, but like, and it's, which is basically just weightlifting with your body. So yeah. it's like, and like, I was like so worried about what was going to happen and like how much I was going to change and stuff. And it's, I didn't really change that much. And it's like yeah. three years later. I mean, so it's like, if you're scared to try something like strength training, I would, because of it, like your body, I would just say like, just be open-minded to it because like it can sound really scary not to do hit and not to do cardio, but we're taught like society teaches us that we need to do those things, especially to lose weight and stuff like that. And it's just not true. Yeah. And I think on that note also of doing movement that you love, um, that's something that I talk to all my clients about and make sure that if there's this, you know, dance cardio class that they're obsessed with, that we work that into their program. But I like to think of strength training as a prerequisite for opening the doors to whatever fitness you want to do. I think building a foundation of strength and proper movement patterns. And again, like falling in love with your body and with movement before it's chasing this, chasing that, chasing the adrenaline, you know, chasing a certain body image. And ultimately a lot of the times just like increasing inflammation in your body. Um, I like to think of getting this baseline of strength and pushing, pulling of the upper and lower body as this prereq for whatever else you want to do and whatever fitness you enjoy doing. Because, and again, also like, I know we're talking about barbell training and because that's kind of my background. And ultimately I do think every woman should learn to lift a barbell because it just will unleash their inner goddess. But... <laughs> You know, I have plenty of clients who work out at home and the load we program with is their kid's backpack. And, you know, we add weight by putting a few cans in there. And it's, it's not about lifting 200 pounds for every single person. It's about getting to a baseline of strength that makes you good at your day-to-day -day life and makes nothing hurt and makes you able to do what you want to do in your day-to-day. And at that point, you've unlocked this, you know, you completed that prerequisite and unlocked this ability to play around with whatever fitness makes you feel good and makes you happy. Yeah. And I highlighting the injury prevention, because even now it's like, I'm, I'm like in this phase of only doing like Ashtanga yoga, because I really want to learn the practice. Um, and so like, I've been, I haven't really done any lifting. I maybe lift like once or twice a week, but it's like, I found that I feel better even if I just do it a little bit because like my, my Ashtanga practice is better. My body feels yeah. better throughout the day. And you know, some of the movements in Ashtanga, it's like, they're pretty rough. And I'm like, how do people do this that haven't done, that don't know the proper form of like a deadlift or something like that, you know? So it really does translate to other areas. Yeah. And this kind of brings us into that, this next section of, why you recommend strength training over other types of exercise. It's not, or in like companion with other types of exercise. Yeah. I think, I mean, there's both like emotional benefits, emotional mental health benefits, and kind of like those physiological benefits. So specifically for women, I think, especially if you are still eating a standard American diet and doing this HIIT training, that combination is like lethal. And even the simple benefit of switching to a more strength-focused program and getting that increased insulin sensitivity. Um, our, you know, insulin resistance can be a huge issue for a lot of people in their health right now. And the actual physiological benefit of strength training is that our cells get more receptive to insulin, which is just like, we need that. Everyone needs that. It's like so helpful for regulating blood sugar and all of that. Um, and then outside of that, increasing your bone mineral density. So 
as you mentioned, like injury prevention is huge and just feeling good. And also, by the way, the answer to how do people do this without that prereq, a lot of people who do yoga without strength have a really good relationship with their physical therapist. That's just like the bottom line. Um, so yeah, so yeah, increasing bone mineral density is like huge for women at every stage because our bone mineral density starts to decrease as we age. Like once you hit 30, basically, um, you need to actively fight against that. And the tensile and compressive loads of strength training will actually increase that bone mineral density and the specific cells that perform all of that bone remodeling. Our osteoclasts, our osteoblasts, they all get more sensitized when we're lifting heavy things. Um, and I do want to say also like high impact exercise can have that effect too. However, high impact exercise when you already have decreasing bone mineral density can be a nightmare. So in order to, you know, really reap those benefits of that increased bone mineral density, you want to be com combining properly designed strength training, getting stronger, getting those joints more resilient. And then you can pepper in some high impact stuff. So again, like I mentioned earlier, like I consider strength to be a prereq for high impact. And a lot of these hit classes are all high impact with no strength. So that can be really challenging for women as well when we're already fighting this decreasing bone mineral density. Um, so that's something that is going to make you healthier at every stage of womanhood is focusing on that resiliency of the joints and that increased density of your bone mineral. Um, so yeah, and then as we were talking about increasing like that functional strength, focusing on those functional movement patterns, and you know, hopefully we'll talk a little bit about kind of prenatal and postpartum and how important moving functionally is when you are carrying this load that you were not carrying before, um, you were not used to carrying. So, but this is true for everyone. Like you, it's just the kind of thing where you want to be good at living your life. You want to be able to lift your groceries well and get things off of high shelves well and do things in a way that you're not just going to get hurt. And even figuring out exactly what are the requirements of your daily life. This is something that I do with my clients all the time where it's like, I've talked about this on my stories too. I feel like we talk about ADLs, like activities of daily living, only in the context of people over the age of like 70. Um, but I think more and more we're at a place where people in their 20s aren't fit for their activities of daily living. And I, I like broke my heart. I was in Central Park and this woman next to me, her kid wanted to play on this like swing thing. And she was like, well, daddy's at work right now. And you know, mommy can't lift you into that swing. So we can only do that on the weekends. And I was like, no, <laughs> that's heartbreaking to me. Like get strong enough to put your kid in that swing. It's just like thinking about thinking practically about what your day looks like and making sure that you're doing heavier things than that in the gym so that those things become easy and those things become things that won't hurt you. Um, it just, life gets better when you are fit for your days and you're strong enough to do the things you need to do throughout the day. Um, but then also I wanted to touch on, this is kind of relates to the yoga thing too, where it's like talking about practical mobility versus just straight up mobility. So mobility is important. Mobility is something that we all need more of, well, most of us. But mobility without stability is not something you have access to. And it's a really dangerous place to be. Um, so making sure that the mobility you're gaining is practical and is accompanied by strength. So like, I always like to call it barbell yoga, where like, if you can get into the bottom of a squat, that's going to be way more beneficial to you, you know, and you can load that up and you can get out of the bottom of that squat with that load. That is going to be way more beneficial for you. And it's going to prevent injury. It's going to promote all these health benefits way better than just sitting into a super deep squat in a yoga practice. Um, and obviously yoga is super important for mental health and recovery and as a wonderful mindfulness practice and can help you kind of work out some of those creaks 
in the morning or in the evening, um, you know, great for reducing cortisol and things like that, but actually gaining access to those ranges of motion with some added load is going to be way more practical um, and help you out in your actual daily life. And then just one last quick benefit I want to talk about is just as far as like regulating metabolism, because we talked a lot about how some people are chasing these hit classes for a specific um, image that they're looking to achieve. And I can guarantee you, you will have much more success if you switch to, like you mentioned, getting okay with doing less, you know, three days a week, four days a week of lifting heavy things. Not only will that change your body because it's actually, your muscles are actually growing and filling up that space and that like quote unquote toned look that a lot of people are chasing when they do hit classes, which I absolutely can't stand. But you know, the reality is that's kind of the language you need to meet people at. And that is actually achieved by your muscles actually growing from getting stronger. But outside of that, your metabolism increases, which, you know, a lot of people think of that in terms of weight loss, but we know that as far as just like hormonal regulation, all of these things, metabolism is extremely important and we want our metabolism to be working harder for us. When you're doing six days a week, seven days a week of high intensity or HIIT training or cardio training, you're telling your metabolism, I got this, I'm doing all of this work, you just relax, you slow the heck down, you know, grab a cocktail, hang out, I'm doing all this work. And then, you know, commonly what you hear from people who are addicted to cardio or endurance training or HIIT training is when I take a day off, I feel like I gained 10 pounds. Whereas if you are focused on strength and your programming is helping you to build muscle, you're telling your metabolism, I need you to work this hard every single day because there's a lot more muscle on me now and our metabolism has to work harder when we have more muscle and so your metabolism is going to be working harder for you as opposed to you working harder for your metabolism um, which again like it does have those fat loss benefits but it has so many more benefits as far as hormonal regulation and oxygen delivery and all of these incredible things that we need to function as optimal humans and optimal women ultimately that's a really good way to put it, to like have your metabolism be working hard for you instead of you like working hard for that. So yeah. I think that will resonate with a lot of people. Um, as far So like if we're focusing on strength training and maybe working in other movement that we enjoy, let's look at the cycle and like how, you know, Kim and I, Kim has a whole cycle syncing series, which is amazing on her Instagram, but just kind of like an overview of, because we know like the different shifts in our hormones throughout the cycle. How is our how should our exercise, like how should we prioritize that? How should it shift throughout that time? Yeah. So this is going to be kind of independent to individual, I guess that's a better word, um, to how you feel throughout your cycle. But, you know, I, I know you guys talk about this a lot and I love it, but just like really encouraging people to get in touch with what are your emotional shifts throughout your cycle, you know, starting to really pay attention, you know, journaling, jotting things down can make a big difference in just being able to kind of see it visually as a cycle. Um, a, for a lot of people, you know, actually when you're menstruating and you know, when you get your period is going to be when you kind of turn inward and may get a little, um, I'm not sure what the word I'm looking for is, but like a lot of people do better using that time for a deload and to actually take some weight off of the bar or to even walk away from the bar completely and focus on something like a yoga practice that week or, um, you know, focusing more on some body weight movement just to keep the body movement moving, um, which, you know, if you do experience some cramps, that actually can help a ton. I know a lot of people might feel super lazy around their cycle. And I don't like the word lazy, but I think we should reclaim it. Um, <laughs> like you just feel a little, like you're moving a little slower and there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. And I think it's a really wonderful time to take some time to focus on a deload, focusing on form, just enjoying movement for the sake of movement, maybe helping 
to relieve some of those cramps a little bit if you do get cramps around your cycle. Um, but yeah, and then sometimes like right afterwards, you might feel so invincible and the combination of having just focused on form and just like reconnected to movement patterns and then being able to add load with that surge of hormones that just make you feel invincible um, can be like a really great time for pushing strength, pushing intensity and getting back into things that way and kind of reconnecting with productivity um, can also, and then again, those emotional benefits can kind of serve you and seep over into other areas of your life. So that's something that I like a lot of my clients to focus on is just really communicating how you actually feel during that time and connecting the movement to that and not feeling like the week you have your period, if you were programmed to lift a certain load and you're not feeling up to it, that you're a failure and you should try to do it anyway and get hurt. Um, really being aware that first of all, during that time, you are losing blood, iron can be lower, hydration is extremely important. So you do need to think about shifting those training considerations and not just ignoring it, really allowing your cycle to kind of dictate how you connect to your body and how you connect to your movement. So I, I love that, like resting more during your period or doing less intense exercise because like you're, most women are typically more fatigued, which is totally normal. And then once your estrogen starts- Fatigued, such fatigue. a good word. <laughs> We're all lazy. I'm like, oh, I just don't want people to feel guilty. It's like, it's normal to feel tired during your period. But, and, and then like you were saying, like you get that energy and that's estrogen. Our estrogen is increasing and we've, we are, a lot of people think testosterone is so important for strength and like it is, but estrogen is way more important for strength for women and it's great for recovery. So that's why it's yeah. like, you're mentioning like push the weight, like push your body. It's a great time because you're going to recover better. Hopefully like if your hormones are balanced and any yeah. advice, like, cause I think, I think the hardest part, like for most of my clients and the women that like reach out to us is that time, like before your period. So like your PMS type phase, cause it's like, you know, you, you have more energy then you ovulate and like, you know, you're more testosterone. It's typically that same or like more intensity. You can kind of get away with more, but once you switch into that, like high hormone phase, like that luteal phase, what are your tips for that? For like still incorporating strength training, but in a smart way. Yeah. So I think again, like once you are following a program that is designed well in a sense where it's not too much for you at any point and it's not going to lay you out on the floor, I think it actually does become a lot easier because I think I can picture a time when I would have asked a question like that and it's just an indication that I was doing too much for my body. Um, I think that when your program is appropriate and the added load and the added intensity is in a way that is systematic and is appropriate for recovery and for this overload that I'm talking about that you actually get stronger as opposed to more exhausted, um, it doesn't need to necessarily shift that much. And something that's really nice too is, you know, a lot of times people may get PMS symptoms around eating more carbs. I know that happens for a lot of people and that can actually be really wonderful because you can put all of those carbs to good use when you are, you're, you know, again, as we mentioned, like your insulin sensitivity has, is increasing when you are getting stronger and that fuel can be used for this energy to fuel these workouts because the goal here is that especially with this increased metabolism and if your hormones are balanced and if you're eating a nutrient dense diet can be metabolically flexible and be able to use those carbs without it just being this like weak little fire that we're burning through right away and then we're exhausted and hungry. So, um, that can actually be really nice. I don't know if I answered your question, but yeah, just like if you have smart programming, and yeah. you're listening to your body and you're not pushing. And we say this a lot, like what you do at the beginning of your cycle, especially during your period, that's going to have a huge impact on how you feel later in your cycle. So it's like, yeah. if you don't feel like working out or you want to like maybe just walk or do some stretching, it's like, just do that because then later on you're going to like have more energy in your reserves. So I think yeah. that's smart. And I think that's the benefit 
of strength training is that you don't have to tone that down that much. Maybe you're not going to yeah. be lifting as heavy, you know, cause you might, you might not be recovering as well, especially if we think about, you know, after we ovulate our progesterone increases, so our basal body temperature increases. And when your temperature, your body temp increases, you usually don't recover as well, yeah. which is interesting. Um, and so like, that's typically why, like in your body's processing more hormones, like you're more fatigued, but if, and I get some women that are like, I still feel great. I'm like, then listen to your body. That's fine. Yeah. But like, if you don't, it might mean that maybe you're not processing your hormones as well. Maybe your hormones are out of balance or maybe you're just not recovering well. So I think that, I think that's cool. And I think it's, um, it gives people hope that like, maybe they can find a programming that where they don't have to like completely change it at different parts. Yeah, exactly. Like I, I was going to say that that's kind of the main thing to me is like when people ask those questions, it's an indication to me that they're doing too much and they're pushing themselves beyond these limits and you know, it's, it's not serving them. And also I did want to mention too, that as far as programming and you know, this is like obviously why I think it's why I do what I do with my clients. And I think it's so great to actually work with someone who has this knowledge, but I think another if, if you haven't actually tackled some of those mental and emotional demons around that relationship with fitness i think it's very easy for people to become a slave to their program and to like you said like if they're programmed to lift a certain load or to push a certain intensity but they're not feeling up to it a lot of people might talk themselves into it and then not recover well and feel that laid out on the floor feeling where you just are not in line with your hormonal shifts right now. And I think having the grace with yourself to be able to say, this is what was programmed for today. However, this is how I feel and this is how I'm connecting with my body. And so, you know, hopefully the program is good. So it's like a full body pushing and pulling program for every day. And so you can still do all of those movement patterns, but just dial back the load a little bit. Or if there was like a hit circuit tacked onto the end, maybe just don't do the hit circuit or maybe turn it into a mobility flow or some yoga at the end. And having that flexibility and grace with yourself allows you to continue to make progress in that program but not feel a slave to it and not feel like you need to perform what's written on the paper, even if what's inside is not at all aligning with that. Yeah. And that, and that's, I think that's a big takeaway. And like, if you're, if you're someone that's more experienced with, and you've been doing strength training or like CrossFit or hair or some sort of like movement like that, then like, that's a good thing to look at and consider. And I think it's, and I did this for so long, like always trying to find that perfect programming, but it's like, there's never really a perfect programming. Like it's always going to have to adjust you and like you're, you might have to change things and that's okay. I'm one of those people that likes to like follow stuff to a T. So I'd have a really hard time. Like if I was yeah. supposed to do something and not doing it, it like killed me inside, but it's like learning how to know your body that well. And I think that's a really big thing that strength training gives you as you really get to know yourself, what you're capable of, and you start paying attention how you feel because you can like kind of see those changes more. Um, so I do want to go into like pregnancy and postpartum and menopause. We're going to have to do a part two. Okay. <laughs> okay. It's Amanda just hopping in quickly to let you know that we did cut off the episode right before we started the prenatal section, just because Adina had so much information that we were not even anticipating getting this deep into each kind of phase of a woman's life, but we're so grateful that we have been able to do that. So the next part two of this is going to go through prenatal, peri, and postmenopause. So if you were looking for that, don't worry, we're going to cover it in part two, and we will be sharing that with you in the next episode.